entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. And we're going to have fun for the whole family today. I'm Sherry Marcucci from the Palace Theater, and I want to welcome you and thank you for being a listener this morning to Your Palace, Your Place. We always try to mix it up and give you some entertainment information, not only from the Palace Theater in Waterbury, Connecticut, but also other venues around the state and beyond. We also like to bring you a little uh, information that might uh, enhance your life and make the quality of your life better. And that's what's coming up. Uh, this morning with two of our uh, segments. We have some very, very interesting guests, I think, and and topics that I wouldn't necessarily know um, a great deal about, so I'm excited to share that with you. But before we do that, I do want to mention a couple of things. Who's still shopping? Who's still running around in circles? I know I went into a local uh, discount store, well, Marshall's actually, uh, this past weekend, and I walked in. And it was madness. There were so many people. And, and when I finally you know, bought some things and went to check out, the line extended into the housewares uh, decorative items section. I'd never seen that before. But I walked in there and... I just I couldn't get my, couldn't get it together. Like I'm I'm like why am I here? Why am I running around to each department? I did finally find a few things, but I don't know about you, but I get I get a little um, overwhelmed uh, with the season, and I and some people when they get overwhelmed they do one of two things: they either stop dead cold, or they run around in a tizzy. I'm in the place right now. I'm sort of stop dead cold. Like I have all these things half done. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't move myself forward yet. I I think what, maybe I'm one of those people, just like when in school you waited. I'm a procrastinator maybe on some levels, and you wait till the heat is really on, and then boom, you take <laughs> off and get it all done, which is probably not the best way from your stress level. But um, anyway, I, I, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think there's a lot of us out there who uh, are in that dilemma or face that dilemma. So here's a here's a hint. Uh, this is what I like. I like two things for gift giving. One is of course the Palace Theater is a great place to get some gifts. And it's not just the obvious. Okay, so let let me talk about that. You can buy theater tickets, of course. We have so many great shows this year. Uh, Book of Mormon, which just went on sale last week. That's a one-week engagement. Um, That's a huge thing, by the way. Book of Mormon, that kind of a title. To be at the Palace Theater is a a wonderful thing. But we also have Legally Blonde, Tap Dogs, which will be a show that will just knock uh, knock your lights off, or knock your socks off. (laughs) That's the term. And um, and Chicago, what, I know I'm missing one, but um, two shows going on sale today. This will make great gifts for any of the ladies in your life, okay? At 10 o'clock this morning, going on sale, our Menopause the Musical, which is coming in March, March 23rd, a Saturday night. Get your gal pals together and get ready to laugh and laugh. The show is fabulous. I've seen it several times, and it is just hilarious. And for those of us who are, you know, in that phase of life, <laughs> you will recognize yourself for sure. Um, so that's coming. That's uh, on sale today, and so is one we just, just booked. 
and I heard this is a um, a depends for sure show. Um, it is late night catechism. And for those of you who don't know the title, it's a one-woman show. Uh, it's uh, uh, an actor that is portraying, and it's interactive, so you get in on the act. She's portraying uh, a nun, a parochial school nun. And for those who went through the parochial school system, you will love this show. <laughs> and it's done, we're doing it in a little bit of a different style and format. It's going to have a lot more intimacy. It won't be on the main stage. It's going to be in the theater, but in the back of the house. So, um, and because the show is, is meant to be in that kind of a smaller environment, but you will be laughing, laughing, laughing. So if you've got people that um, fit either one of those categories, uh, I'm telling you, pick up the phone or visit the website, 10 o'clock today. Both of those go on sale. Then we have other eclectic things. Of course, we have gift certificates if you don't you know say I don't know what this person would like but let or or I want to give them the gift the gift of choice get a gift card from the palace we also offer gift cards from our wonderful palace uh, restaurant partners and um, if you go to our website you can see all about that but I'll tell you who that you, you've heard me say it before Diorio La Tavola Nino San Marino Spartan and Vasis you can buy a gift card that your recipient you know, can use as they wish. And if you buy um, a gift card um, and use it, your your recipient or yourself, you get a free dessert with the purchase of two entrees. So um, when you visit uh, and have uh, before a show. So that's kind of a cool thing. And then we also have things like you can buy a series or, or one presentation of our second act series, which is all about the wonderful things happening happening in the second half of people's lives. And I'm telling you, we just had our fourth session this past, our fourth presentation this past Tuesday evening, Brooke Packard. She was a, she's a sleep coach. And she really had some great suggestions. If you miss it, you know, uh, I, I we will eventually have um, her presentation on our website, but she she was great. She was great. And at this time of year, who isn't sleep deprived? Some of you are sleep deprived all the time. I know I sleep like the dead no matter what, but <laughs> some people um, you know, this is a real issue. So she was great. And our next one is coming up in February with a person that is going to help you find your family story. He's written a book how he found his grandmother's story in Italy, and uh, he's going to tell us some tips about that, and that's Eric Lanziri in February, so we have a little break. Um, But my point is, the palace can be your place to do wrap up a lot of your uh, shopping this year for people who you want to give something a little bit different to. So let's see. Um, and the final thing I want to talk about before introducing our first guest is we have... The show that will put you in the Christmas spirit. Of course, last weekend we had Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the musical, which people who went um, were, they just loved it, and all the kids, and it was adorable. And uh, But this weekend, it's a little um, uh, more, um, eh, I'm, I'm not saying you can't bring the kids, you could certainly bring your children, but it's more for the sophisticated music lover, Mannheim Steamroller Christmas by Chip Davis. And I'm telling you, this show is selling like hotcakes. It's 4 o'clock Sunday, 
perfect time to just say, okay, I did all the things I needed to do earlier in the day. Now it's me time. Bring in my husband or boyfriend or, you know, the family, and we're going to just enjoy some sounds of the season with that kind of uh, uh, more contemporary uh, vibe, I guess, or different vibe. So um, that that is something we have. And, and um, I think I've talked about all the things. So now it's time to introduce our first guest. And this um, uh, person has uh, quite a resume. I, it, it, we have with us this morning Dr. Sarah Poulin. Did I pronounce Poulin? Yes. Okay. And she is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine and a licensed acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist. Wow, that sounds like Katie's stuff. Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Well, and in, in, it's interesting how you got to be here because it was through kind of a mutual acquaintance or someone close to you yes. and someone I know. And, you know, somehow we got to talking and I said, you know, oh, that's interesting. He was talking about you and what you do. And I said, oh, that's kind of interesting. She might be a good guest for our radio program just to share information with listeners on on a topic. So you picked up that. He must have told you about it. You picked that (laughs) ball up right away and got in touch with me. And I'm glad you did. And um, this your you know your resume blew me away but um i know nothing okay i'm going to be honest i don't know anything about this topic so i i don't listeners i hope that you're like me i just like to learn about things sometimes they apply for me sometimes they don't um but if you don't know something, how can you make a choice? So that's why I like to share this kind of thing with our listeners. And Absolutely. I think, you know, it's just a, a way to um, connect with people. So I guess the first, well, first, my first question, you gave me some great talking points to get us um, going. But my question in my head is, how did you choose this field? And, and, and then the bigger question is, what is traditional Chinese medicine? What sure. is that? But how did you how get How did I get here? Yes, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I have a sort of an interesting background into how I got into this. Um, so I've actually been sort of working in or around acupuncture for over half my life, which is sort of unusual. Um, and I got into acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine, or, or TCM for short, um, because I really had such wonderful results with it myself. Oh, so okay. when I was young, when I was in high school, I was diagnosed with chronic daily headaches and chronic migraines. Ah, so that was really tough as a kid to sure. sort of struggle with this. And and it was hard. I was bounced around from doctor to doctor, pediatric neurologist, tried a number of different medications, was on like 30-something different medications, which oh. is really tough for a kid in high school. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, all side effects, and nothing was working. So mm. I was at my wit's end. My parents were at their wit's end, and nothing was working. I was miserable. I was in pain all the time. And so eventually I was referred to an acupuncture. Okay. And really... Now, who referred you? A Uh, chiropractor initially referred me to an acupuncturist. Um, You know, he had been helping, but had said, let's try try acupuncture, too. I'm going to refer you to a colleague of mine. So... 
went to this acupuncturist, and with a combination of medication and acupuncture, I started getting better. It, this was really what worked for me. What a relief that must have been. And so it was, it was fantastic. And so this acupuncturist in Southbury um, said, if you're looking for a job, I could use someone. <laughs> and so at 16, I started working in her office as sort of like a, a office assistant. Okay. I answered phones and I scheduled patients and okay. I helped right. in the treatment rooms and I was hooked. I always <laughs> knew I wanted to go into medicine, but I just wasn't quite sure what direction I wanted to go in. So for the next six years, all summers of high school and college, I worked in her office. And so that was it. So at 22, I packed up everything I owned in a Honda Accord and I drove cross country and I moved to San Diego, California after I graduated college. And that's when I started my acupuncture schooling. Oh, so that okay. was so, it. <laughs> so you did your undergrad work. I did. And what was that in? My undergraduate degree is actually in history, which doesn't have very much to do with acupuncture, <laughs> but which I loved. So that was okay, what I got my okay. degree in. And then my acupuncture education, it's actually a pretty long haul to become an acupuncturist. So my master's degree was four years. So it's a four-year full-time degree wow. to become an acupuncturist wow. um, in the state of California. So I did my master's degree at Pacific College of Oriental Medicine in San Diego. Okay. And then I wanted to come back here. I wanted to come back to Connecticut. I wanted to be close to my family and to practice in the area where I I grew up. Okay. Um, I, I love this area. I love this community. And that was really where I wanted to practice. So I moved back here in 2012 and started my practice in this area. Wow. So, okay. So that explains um, your background. And um, certainly, and, and I like the fact that you um, explained that it's, this is not uh, you know, sometimes people put things in a place. They don't understand them, and they think it's out of out of the norm, mm -hmm. if you will. But you actually had to study um, for four years to get to this place, and I'm assuming you studied things like physiology. Absolutely. And, so okay. our, a lot of our education in, involves, you know, some of the Western sciences, anatomy and physiology, and in addition to our sort of Chinese medical education. And then I even went back for more and got my doctorate in 2016 because wow. I'm terrible at having free time. <laughs> so we, we sort of take this broad picture of things. We look at, you know, the Chinese medical system, and then we also want to make sure that we have a good understanding of all the anatomy and physiology and things like that. Um, we want to be able to sort of communicate and work with you know, sort of Western physicians, too, as sort of an integrative medical picture. Um, we're not Western physicians, but we need to be able to sort of communicate in that system. That's sure. the system that Ab we live and work in. Absolutely. Um, that so makes perfect you sense. You know, I'm a huge advocate for sort of that, that integrative medical model. And, and I think more and more today... Um traditional, if you will, Western medicine is recognizing the importance of some of these um, really ancient practices that um, have given results. I mean, they have a history yeah. for thousands of years. Absolutely. So, so let me, I'm going to, this is probably fast tracking, um, you know, from some of what you asked me uh, or gave me, but I what how how do you get your patients number 1 and then when you do get a patient in for the first time how do you evaluate what are you looking at what are you you know how are you determining what you're 
you know, delivery of service is going to be for that individual. Sure. So when we get a patient, we really try and take a look at the whole person. Um, a big part of what we do is sort of get a holistic image of what's going on. So rather than focusing on just sort of one symptom, we really like to take a, a whole look at the person. So um, my poor patients have to fill out a very long questionnaire when they first come in. I okay. want to know everything that's ever happened to your health. I want to <laughs> know every little detail about you. And then in addition, um, we'll go over everything. So even if just your back hurts, I want to know everything. Digestive health, headaches, um, sleep, you know, how your energy feels, because that for us gives us a lot of information. It provides a whole picture of how your health is. And it, I don't know where I've heard this of late. Um, I, I read or heard it somewhere, but when you said, I want to know everything that's ever happened to you, um, the body is like a store of all these things that have occurred in your life. It stores, it, is this correct? Like, in other words, it's almost like a, a historical archive. And and this is true. And sometimes we're sort of putting together puzzle pieces. So sometimes things that may not seem related actually can have an effect on what's going on right yes. now. Yes. Um, so things that may not always make sense um, to a patient make sense to us. Sure, um, So sure. things that may not always seem like they go together actually can have an effect on what's going on in terms of symptom presentation. So that's where we want to know all this information okay. and things that have happened in the past. Um, so we put this all together to sort of design an individualized treatment plan for each patient, which I think is something that's that's so unique now. You know, we're not sort of taking... You're not cookie cutter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're able to design this sort of individualized treatment plan, which I think is really, really fantastic and really strength of the medicine. Um, and then we're able to sort of change things week by week even based on how patients are responding to treatment. If things are improving, um, we're able to sort of individualize the treatments each week, um, which I think is really fantastic and yeah. really, again, a strength of the medicine. And and the other thing that intrigue or um, that, that thought is giving me is that, you know, sometimes you're prescribed a medication and you're on it for nobody's really you know there's no uh, you might be, not have an appointment for six months or, you know, to see what's happening or how. So that's a wonderful, I think, um, piece of what you do, that you're paying attention right away all yeah, along we, the we process. Yeah, we like to be able to sort of check in on everything yeah, and see how, yeah. see how all those, like I said, all those puzzle pieces fit together and monitor what's changing and how progress is going. Okay. Um, and okay. then be able to adjust things as needed. Um, I think this might be um, a good time for us to take a quick break because now, of course, the, the obvious question is, what is acupuncture and how does it feel and all those great things. So if you're listening and you want to find out, stay tuned. After our break, we're going to come back with Dr. Sarah Poulin and we're going to get that information. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. And that was a quick break, and we're back with Dr. Sarah Poulin on Your Palace, Your Place. I'm Sherry Marcucci, if you're just joining us. And we're talking about a fascinating field that I don't think we hear enough about, um, and that is the field of acupuncture. And uh, Dr. Sarah Poulin is a licensed acupuncturist and um, uh, Chinese... Uh, medicine uh, provider. Did I get that right? Or, <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, so we were talking before the break about 
you know, what happens when a patient first is presented and, you know, an extensive history is taken, really looking at the person as a whole. So now um, you say to a patient, and I'll, I'll use myself as an example, what's the next step? And what what does it mean when I'm getting acupuncture? How do you know uh, where I need treatment and what does it feel like? Sure. Uh, so... That sort of extensive history that we take helps us determine where to put the acupuncture needles. So there are hundreds of acupuncture points all over the body. They fall along what we call channels or meridians. Um, and these meridians or channels sort of traverse the entire body. So even though there are hundreds of acupuncture points, we don't use all of them at once. So okay. you don't look like sort of a porcupine when you leave. We usually <laughs> use about 20 or 30 um, needles per treatment. That's it. Now, when let me stop you. Yeah. Sure. You, as you mentioned, you don't leave as a porcupine but do they stay in you when you leave not when you leave so the needles are retained for about 20 minutes or so okay and the needles themselves are very very tiny they're about the size of a cat whisker so about 20 acupuncture needles can actually fit inside the tip of a hypodermic needle that's used to draw blood Ah. that's how tiny they are so they're very very fine they're about the size of like i said a cat whisker or human hair so most of the time patients don't even feel anything when the acupuncture needles go in okay um, so it's a it's a really pretty relaxing procedure. I usually put the needles in, turn down the lights, there's soft music playing, and people usually take a little nap for about 20 minutes. <laughs> so it's usually pretty relaxing. Okay. Um, and then a lot of times, the most common thing I see patients for is pain. Um, I'll I'll chat in a minute about all the many things that we can treat with acupuncture, but most commonly what we see is pain conditions. So with a lot of pain or orthopedic conditions, I also do a form of Chinese medical massage called Tui Na. So after What's it called? It's called Tui Na. Tui Na. Uh, yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> and so a lot of times after the needles are removed, I'll often do um, a few minutes of Tui Na for those pain conditions. And what Tui Na does is it works on those same acupuncture points and meridians. Okay. And so it's really great for those sort of tight, achy muscles and things like that. So that's usually everyone's even more favorite part of the treatment because they get a little massage, too. And, and I was sharing with you that I'm personally going through a little um, something in the orthopedic line, I guess. Um, so uh, do you tend to... I guess the question my, that's coming to me is, is this an alternative to surgery? It depends on the patient. Um, And a lot of times what we're doing is we're treating in conjunction sometimes with uh, patients, other physicians, or other care providers. Um, You know, oftentimes we have to sort of figure out what's best for the patient. Um, Sometimes that is surgery. Sometimes that's, you know, working with their providers to figure out what the what the best solution is. Okay. Um, so that's where I'm very much a proponent of sort of integrative, you know, integrative care yeah. um, to, to figure out what the best solution might be. Sometimes it is, it can be something like acupuncture where surgery isn't what's called for or they can postpone surgery and that's where acupuncture can manage the symptoms successfully. Um, sometimes surgery is, is what's needed and sort of that's an individual case-by-case basis. Um, but a lot of times, you know, patients may not want to do the pain medication or things like that, especially as we look at something like the opioid epidemic where we're not 
using opioid medications or pain medications for a number of reasons. This is where things like acupuncture can really come into play. That's a great point. And, you know, over the last week, I've been having lots of conversations about that. And, I, you know, opioid addiction can happen in a myriad of ways. But one of them is so easily with a person who's taking pain medication. I know I remember a person in my own family, uh, older person, great deal of pain and um, was on a lot of pain medications to the point where, you know, it, it was obvious there was an issue. So, um, and that's somebody who's not, uh, you know, running around, you know, look for people's yeah. oxys, it's, you know, and that was sad and it caused some, you know, cognitive issues. But um, so this is good to know that this could um, be an alternative for people so they're not slipping into that. And that's a slippery slope. It can happen. The person doesn't even realize it. Absolutely. And no one is ever prescribing those medications with the intention of that of course happening. Not. Of but course it's just not. an unfortunate, you know, yes. it can, you know, can easily happen. Yes. Um, yeah. And so now we're looking at this way that we can provide alternatives for this, which is really, you know, really exciting to be able to offer um, sustainable pain management for patients who are in a great deal of pain. I want to find out, um, we have just a couple of minutes left in this segment, but um, you mentioned that besides pain, there are, I want to find out two things, besides pain management, what can acupuncture be used for? And I want to know like how it all came to be thousands of years ago. (laughs) I want to know a little bit. If you can tell me all this in two minutes, that would be great. Sure. Um, so acupuncture really is a complete system of medicine. It, it sort of evolved. I'll try and combine those two things into, into one. Um, it evolved over thousands of years to, tr- to sort of treat all possible human conditions. It, it's a system of medicine that's been around for a very long time. So it has evolved to sort of treat almost every you know human condition that you can think of. So as a result, we as acupuncturists can treat many you know, medical conditions that arise. So while most often I see pain, I really can work with with many medical conditions. Um, So I also have a special interest in working with women's health and fertility issues, um, headaches and migraines, digestive disorders, stress-related conditions, emotional concerns, things like that. Um, So there's a really long list of things that we can treat. It's so amazing that our bodies, and, and, uh, you know, there's places on our body that represent certain things, certain... Uh, conditions, certain emotions, and to, we don't know that. I mean, that's not how we've um, learned about our bodies, if we've learned about them at all. <laughs> In Western medicine, I think sometimes very we don't know a lot about our bodies. But um, and I I have neglected to say where you practice because as people are listening, I'm sure there's some interest. So um, certainly let's let's find out sure. where can people get in touch with you. Sure, I practice in Middlebury at 1255 Middlebury Road. We're in the Middlebury Hamlet. Oh, um, okay. Yes. Yes, um, and so I have a website, uh, sarahpoolinlac.com, and Facebook page with my name. Um, if you search Tranquility uh, Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine of Middlebury, um, you can find me online. 
Okay. All right. Well, Sarah, I and I didn't get to the history, and that's, I think, going to be another show, because um, I do have to take a break and have um, get ready for our next um, guest to be a part of your Palisher Place. But I want to thank you, Dr. Sarah Poulin, for coming on today and giving us, I know this is tip of the iceberg, and there's so much more on this topic. I think that we can talk about. So we may need to have you back. I would love to. If you're listening and you enjoyed this uh, segment and want to know more, give a shout out. Let me know. Um, You can reach me at the Palace Theater, 203-346-2008 is my direct line. Or look for me on our website at palacetheaterct.org. We're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to uh, have a segment on that I think is going to touch your heart. So stay tuned. And we're back to your palace, your place. I'm your host, Sherry Marcucci. And this morning, I wanted to do some... The time of the year we're in, it's a time of uh, a lot of generosity and giving and goodwill toward our fellow man. And I met someone last week, actually for the first time, Susan, sir. And um, Susan is here with her um, uh, co not co-worker, co... A a team member. Team member, Barbara Grant. And they're here representing... I'm sorry, I moved away from the... The New Start Ministries... New Start Ministry. I think that's the name of the organization. New Start Ministry. And New Start Ministry... When I met Susan, we had a donor uh, reception last week at the Palace Theater to say thank you to people for their generosity and philanthropy toward the theater. And Susan and I started to chat and with her uh, wife, Marina, and I was blown away by the work that Susan is involved in, and I thought... This is really something we should share. You know, it's a time of great turmoil around the world. And one of the things we all can't change, we all can't change all the horrific things that are happening. But we all can do one, our little part in our small corner of the world. And that's what... um, New Start Ministries is is attempting to do. So, Susan, tell our listeners what New Start Ministry is all about. What is it? New Start Ministry is an interfaith group of people from many different towns in the Waterbury area, um, many different backgrounds, that is focused on helping refugees. Refugees who are brought to this country by the U.S. Department of State, people who have lost their homes, lost everything, and been in exile for several years before being brought in, people who are among the most needy and desperate people on this earth who are brought in, and we, our goal is to help them resettle here in Connecticut and become assimilated into our culture and start new lives, hence New Start. You know, when you told me about this, it really touched my heart, and one of the things that touched my heart was that 
people of all faiths are working together. You mentioned Christians and Muslims and Buddhists and um, Jews. And agnostics. We, Uh, We have everybody working together because we have one common goal, and that is to help fellow human beings. What what higher calling is there? I think, you know what, and I think most um, most organized faiths or faiths um, belief systems have as a, a central tenet to love your fellow man. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, across all religious, political. I mean, that is like uh, um, such at the at the foundation of everything, really. Mm-hmm. And our souls, our spirit, whatever it is you believe. And Barbara, your your work, um, you're a co leader of this team. Yes, I am. And Barbara, your your background, and Susan, I didn't even mention your unbelievable background. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but Susan, you are a retired social worker, and uh, you practiced in Massachusetts, I did. and then you retired in Connecticut. Correct, correct. And I said to you when I met you this morning, well, you're a social worker, so you at heart you always have heart. You, you know, social mm-hmm. workers tend to be those compassionate and you know want to help people, and and Susan has has a whole different um, background orientation as an engineer, but it's obvious when you meet Susan, she has a huge heart as well. So, um, but Barbara, what is your role in, in working on this project? How did you, how did you, you know, get involved? How did I get involved? Um, Upon retirement, I found I had a lot of free, uncommitted time, and I wasn't happy with that. So the social work background and career, along with the theological education uh, sponsored by the Episcopal Church. Those two seemed to blend, go together, and I was looking for a place I could make meaning, and along came New Start Ministry. Now, and how did you hear, hear about it? Well, Susan and I belong to the same church. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. And was the church, and it's the church in Woodbury? Mm-hmm. Yes, St. Paul's Episcopal Church, Woodbury. Okay, so that was kind of the, the seed where it's where it started, for, in Connecticut? or It started in Connecticut um, in early 2016. We There was a group, a small group of people at church sitting around saying, we'd love to reach outside the walls of this church and help other people. I love but that. how do we do it? It's only six of us. Yeah. What, what do we do? How, how can we do it? Um, I had the pleasure of meeting somebody from Iris, a man by the name of Greg Marino. He's a caseworker there. Uh, and several... Uh, Episcopal priests, um, especially Donna Downs and Amy Wellen, were very involved with helping some newly arrived refugees. They introduced me to what the works they were doing. I brought that back to the small group at St. Paul's, and some interest was generated. Maybe that's something we can do, but there's only six of us. How can we do this? Yeah. And at that point, we started reaching out, uh, reaching out to uh, other houses of faith, reaching out to the general community. Is anybody interested in learning about refugees and helping refugees? We wound up having several information sessions uh, with uh, 
Input from Iris. Uh, Iris, by the way, is Integrated Refugee and Immigrant Services. They're a nonprofit uh, located in New Haven, Connecticut, that is affiliated with Episcopal Migration Ministry, which is a contract in 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 line. They're a contract with the U.S. Department of State. Okay. Okay. So everybody who's brought in, the refugees that we work with are all ones that have come here legally or brought in by the Department of and State. I, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's an important point to make to listeners mm-hmm. um, that, well... There are people in dire circumstances in other situations, and we all know what that is. Um, We, the the people you're working with, that um, your organization, um, New Start, works with, are here as their status is, they are here as, um, from the Department of State, as refugees. So, you're helping them is not breaking any laws or... um, that is correct. Okay, that so I, I just want our listeners to understand that. Um, so, so how do you then? So you had these information sessions. First of all, what was the response? It was overwhelming to me how interested people were in helping among the poorest of the poor. The interest that was generated, uh, Barbara, you may be able to speak even more to this uh, because I may have been up in front talking to people, Mm -hmm. but you were there talking with the people. Right. It was people came saying, I want to learn more, I need to learn more, and I want to make a difference in some way, so please tell me your story. That's fabulous, and I think um, everybody has something they can do to make a difference in the world. Uh, whether it's small, whether it's on a huge, you know, global sense, not everybody has that mandate, but we all can do something. All can do something. So what are those little somethings that you need people to do? And and then I want to talk about the family. You, you have some family, you have some people you're currently working with, and I want people to know and understand the humans behind what you're doing. But what do we do when a refugee family is brought to this country? They come after having spent a minimum of two years in exile in a country that was not their home. While they're there, they apply to the United Nations High Commission on Refugees for refugee status. They have to be certified by the UN as refugees. They cannot apply while they're still in their home country. Okay. After they've applied uh, to the UN and received their refugee status, they can then apply to for entry into another country. Obviously, you know, we're involved with the ones who apply to come to the United States. Mm-hmm. After several years of vetting by the United States government, uh, if they're allowed to come in, they, they are, they come over, they're required to um, purchase their own plane tickets. There is an organization that gives them interest-free loans, but they're loans. They eventually have to repay it, so they have skin in the game, yeah. even on coming to this country. 
And that's important because people who are, you know, objectors in in some sense to people from other countries now coming here, um, that's an important point to make. You're you. It's truly giving a hand to help people stand, and then helping them to walk, and then be able to, you know, our uh, goal stand and on their own. Our goal is to give them a hand up, not the handout. Right, Mm -hmm. and. That then leads to what our tasks are when they arrive here. The tasks of a co-sponsor group such as New Start Ministry is to get the family into some type of safe housing, mm-hmm. get them the the food and clothing that they need because they come with, with almost nothing. nothing, and teach them how to be productive Americans. And, you know, when we think back to, um, and we all came from somewhere, right? Um, your, your forebears, my forebears, Barbara's. Somebody gave them a hand. Somebody, you know, whether you moved in with the cousin who was already settled in America or, you know, somebody helped you find your your legs, almost like a, you know, a a baby animal when it's born, you know, those like unsteady legs. (laughs) Somebody gives you that foundation to get you up and started. And that's what is so beautiful about what you're doing. It's making me teary-eyed because I'm thinking, okay, what if I just got plucked? You know, what if I had a, you know, because of political, I didn't believe in the systems perhaps from the country I was living in and I needed to get somewhere else. How do you do that? I mean, with knowing no one, no one, and you have maybe children, you know, maybe your spouse is with you, maybe not, maybe you had to leave the spouse behind. I mean, how, you know, think about that as you're listening to Barbara and Susan. Think about how it would be if you were in that situation. So uh, let's talk quickly because I want to talk a little bit of a, give us a, a, a real family that you're working with, Barbara. I'd be happy to. The first family we welcomed was a young family of three. A mother, age 19, uh, a father, husband, age 23, and the most adorable little girl, Mm. almost two years old. And they came... To the, they came to New Haven. They came to the apartment in Waterbury that we uh, made available to them. Tired, grateful, and hungry. Mm-hmm. And part of our network prepared a culturally familiar meal. So they sat down at the table mm-hmm. and ate a meal that was familiar to them. Yes. Then of course they just collapsed with fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, a very interesting family, very um, grateful to be here and be safe, and also feeling a little sad about what happened in their own country. Oh, of course, mm. of course. So then, now, so they've been here how long? Well, almost two years. Yes, they arrived. Two years in January. January okay. 3rd of 2017. Is, are the adults working? Or there's a little girl, so maybe somebody's not. That's caring Both of the adults girl. are working. One of the expectations set by the Department of State is that uh, 
refugees will become self-sufficient within six months of their arrival. Wow. That's not a long period of time. Especially when you arrive with no English. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Our family was self-sufficient, financially self-sufficient in six months. Thanks That's to the work, amazing. Thanks to the work of the team, of the wow. team members. Wow. That's that's amazing because, let's face it, you are a social worker, Susan. You know the lay of the land with the world. We have people that are living for generations and not being self-sufficient. The refugees that I've met, I've met quite a few of them, have a burning desire to be productive, to be self-sufficient, and to then give back to others. They. That's beautiful. When Barbara mentioned the first night that our family arrived, uh, the family was uh, from Syria. They're ethnic Kurds from Syria. They'd been in exile in Turkey. The woman who cooked that culturally appropriate meal was an Iraqi refugee. Wow. Who's a member of our team. You know, we do have Muslims, Christians, Jews, and agnostics all on the team. Mm. And it's beautiful the way they work together and work with these new aspiring Americans who, who are so grateful. The issues that sometimes divide us, whether it's issues of, of um, religion or anything else, they don't matter to these people. These people are so grateful for the human touch. You know, it's reminding me of the lion and the lamb lay down together. And at this time of year, it's such a beautiful message to hear um, and of what it means to love one another, truly, and, and lay down whatever our differences are. It, it's... It's that blows me away. What do you need? How can people get involved? Where do they get in touch with you? We've got, you know, four minutes left before I have to wrap up our show here. So, ladies, on, on Facebook, they could find us at New Start Ministry CT. Uh, they are certainly welcome to contact me directly. And Sherry has my uh, contact information. Feel free, my cell phone or my email address okay. to anybody who's interested. Okay, so if you're listening, grateful. get in touch with me at the Palace Theater right here in Waterbury, and I'd be glad to share that. Uh, if they would like to make a financial donation, and uh, all financial donations are tax deductible, they can make it by sending a check to St. Paul's Church in Woodbury. Uh, with a memo line, New Start Ministry. And the address is 294 Main Street South, Woodbury, Connecticut, 06798. You know, this is the time when people are making their end-of-year donations and thinking, you know, I want to make a difference. I want to count. I want to, you know, be a part of some some change in a good way. And, you know, what you're doing, I, I just think is, is a beautiful thing. And you're, Susan, I neglected to really talk a lot about your background as a, I mean, you were a, the owner of a company at the end of your career. You've done so many things with Marina. We, as the Palace Theater, have been so appreciative of the support you've given our organization. And, uh, you know, this is just a... a, 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 I'm not usually 
without words. But this is really, um, this is really touching me. And if I could share, of course, we appreciate the financial support that's central to our work. But there are many different ways to be generous. Time, donations of gift cards, of gently used clothing, furniture. There are many ways to be generous in this day and age to this population. And that's that's a great point, Barbara. And again, if you're listening and you're saying this is this is speaking to me as well, it's New Start Ministries. Um, you can reach out through um, uh, their website, New Start Ministries, Mi- New Start Ministry, Ministry C T. Okay, on Thank Facebook. You. Okay, on Facebook, on Facebook, and or I'm sure you can contact the St. Paul's Church in Woodbury as well, and yes, connect with Barbara, um, Susan, or Barbara. Um, and again, this is this is helping those people in such a special way. And I'm getting, I have to, I have to wrap up our show this morning. Um, you, I am just honored to you know have met both of you, and um, I, I'm. I'm going to think of what I can do to assist what you're doing, because I just think it's beautiful. Thank you so much for this opportunity Mm. to share our story. You're you're more than welcome, more than welcome. Um, Well, we're getting to that place in your Palisher place. I hope you found that interesting. I hope today's show was a little out of our norm with entertainment, but we, we... at times want to bring you things that will enlighten you, um, just inform you. And I think today's both segments, I hope, did that. Um, we are, of course, always there to help you have entertainment and add to the quality of your life in the way only that live theater can enrich your life. It, it's just um, one of the great joys of my life personally, and there's nothing like, nothing like that feeling, that energy that goes back and forth uh, between the stage and the audience. It's you can't replace it, and it will never be replaced. Uh, I, I thank you so much for listening every month, and I will be back in two weeks uh, with our Christmas edition of Your Palisher Place. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I hope you get all the things done that you need to get done. I hope I do, too. And uh, I just um, invite you to stay tuned for our local news, and then Steve Noxon with Talk of the Town coming up right after that. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye now. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Waterbury.